Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, United says the FAA is causing huge delays at the Newark airport by ignoring flight limits. And if you're going to Venice, Italy this summer and only staying for the day, it may cost you a little extra. Details next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we'll pass on some airline ratings from WalletHub. Which carrier is the safest, most reliable, which is the most pet-friendly, and the best overall airline? In the second half of our show today is dedicated to theater. We'll start at 335 with a stop in Napa for outdoor theater at Jack London State Park. Then at 345, we'll get an update from Richard Lewis on a Sacramento tradition, the music circus. Finally, at 355, we'll give you an update on Broadway theater. If you're going to New York in the next couple of months and have show tickets, what do you need to know? Welcome to the Travel Show with information that makes you a smarter traveler. We are the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you every Sunday, 3 to 4. Information and links to our special guests and more at TravelGuysRadio.com. Thanks for coming along. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. I'm here in Sacramento in my little studio, and Mark is a little ways away. He's in Louisville, Kentucky with uh, some pretty big celebrations and stuff going on there leading up to the Kentucky Derby. Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about why you're there and what you saw. Well, I, I came here um, on the recommendation of one of my staff members who said that this was the largest fireworks display to be seen anywhere. And after having seen it last night, I would say that he's probably right. Um, for the better part of half an hour, uh, they blew up just about anything you can think of over the Ohio River here between uh, uh, Kentucky and Indiana, and it was really pretty spectacular. Also, before the fireworks started, I thought one of the coolest parts of the whole evening was there was about a 15-minute show with drones, and there were, let's say, picture three dozen drones up in the air making a, an American flag or some other type of of thing in the sky, some other type of object, and all of these drones are flying. Of course, they're, they're being operated by computer, and they're all a set distance apart, and they're just moving around, and they'll form a shape, and you know, just like a band would on the football field. And then it takes them a minute to form another. I thought that was just absolutely amazing. That's something they just added last year. Um, between five and 700,000 people, Tom, um, here on the banks of the Ohio River, both on the Kentucky side and the Indiana side where we were um, to watch the show. So it is, yeah, it's a big, big, big deal. Well, uh, you know, drones being added to uh, 
air shows, whether it be fireworks or or drones only, uh, is definitely the thing of the future. I know the California State Fair was going to get away from fireworks altogether and do drones only moving forward. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. That had to have been spectacular. And I'm guessing, uh, since you're there checking it out, is there a possibility for a sports leisure vacation trip in the future? There is a real possibility. This is a really, Louisville is a really interesting city. Um, of course, it's the home of Muhammad Ali. It's the home of the Kentucky Derby. Um, Louisville Slugger Bats are made here. Uh, in fact, the uh, local minor league baseball team is called the Bats, and uh, they have a beautiful stadium. And I know about 13,000 people yesterday bought tickets to the ball game and then stayed in their seats at the stadium because it has a great view of the river and where the fireworks were going off. And we're able to, and you mentioned air show. Yeah, they have that here, too. Um, this is the 75th anniversary of the Air Force. And so yesterday we were treated to all kinds of different um, Air Force uh, planes. Uh, there was a stealth bomber, which I hadn't uh, ever had the opportunity to see and not hear fly by before. Um, so it was it was really a, a, a cool thing. I, I believe if you like if you like bright lights, this is definitely your thing. Uh, if you're a fireworks person, but there was a lot of other stuff going on. And Louisville is just a, a, a really interesting city. I, I've been here a few times before, but there's a tremendous amount of history here. There's a lot to see and do. So, yeah, I, I think there's a real possibility that we might be here next year. The other advantage is it's late April. So the chances of running into real great humidity here, eh, not so much. Um, yesterday it was 88 or 89 degrees, which was pretty close to the record, but there was a light wind and the humidity was low. It was, I, I would say it was a spectacular evening um, here on uh, on the Ohio River. So, anyways, we've, uh, we've had a really good time, and uh, it's – you know, it's work. You're kind of doing research and stuff like that. But if work means watching fireworks at night, why well, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move along. We got a lot to get uh, get to here. So, at the top of the travel, guys, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Well, the airline, of course, the face mask life on, with face masks has changed dramatically here in the last couple of weeks. The airlines have all ditched the mask rules. I flew back to Louisville on uh, Wednesday of last week, and I would say about 30%, maybe one in three people in airports and on the the aircraft are still wearing a mask. And uh, almost every airline, in fact, every single airline on this list, every domestic airline, um, has given... uh, Passengers, the option, and the employees, in most cases, the option to wear masks. In some cases, some airlines, uh, the employees have decided that they're going to wear masks for an indefinite period of time. So um, wear them if you want to. Remember, we've established a way long time ago that airplanes were probably one of the safest places to be if you were wearing a mask um, or even if you were not. Um, Airports on the other side, eh, um, we're out here in Louisville, of course, last night. There was a tremendous number of people. It was an outdoor event, um, but a lot of people out, and I would say masks were almost nowhere to be found. However, um, several airports have decided that people are going to continue to wear masks in the airport. So I want to caution folks who are traveling, and, of course, there are um, lots and lots of businesses 
that still want people to wear masks inside, particularly if it's a situation where you're going to be in close quarters with a large number of people. Maybe you're taking a tour of a factory or something like that. So um, a lot of activities that are indoors, on the road, and a lot of merchants that have indoor facilities are still asking people to wear a mask. So if you're traveling, my suggestion to you is please take a mask with you, and please don't give a lot of grief to small businesses in places that um, you know, folks have thought this out carefully. They know that, that there's a public sentiment that for folks who don't want to wear masks anymore, so if they've decided that you need to wear one someplace, they probably have a reasonably decent reason for it. And uh, if you don't want to wear one, then you don't have to go there. But uh, my suggestion is that you carry a mask with you so that you don't get shot, get caught with your, pant- with your mask down. Delta Airlines has tested SpaceX's Starlink Internet for airplanes. One of the toughest things when you're flying is to get decent air service. And Delta Airlines is going to try, instead of something from the ground, they're going to try satellite link-ups and uh, try to create something. So we'll kind of follow this story and see if Delta doesn't come up with a better way for people to stay in touch while they are on airplanes. Um, In many cases, getting connections on an airplane is expensive, and uh, for a short flight, and not very dependable. So perhaps this will will change that game. Venice is going to has gone ahead with plans to charge tourist entry fees. We talked about this pre-COVID, um, and the city has gone ahead. If you are coming to Venice for the day, um, and you are going to spend the day in Venice, and you haven't booked overnight accommodations, it's going to cost you roughly eleven dollars to come into Venice and spend the day. Um, it's again, that's for single day visitors only. If you're staying a night in Venice's hotels, they already charge a tourist tax. So, um, this article did not say how they plan to collect it, um, or how people are going to pay it, whether it's going to pay it in advance or something. But anyways, if you're headed to Venice this summer, be forewarned, um, there's going to be a small fee for being able to go into the city. And Tom, like I said, we had talked about this coming up before, so that really doesn't surprise me that they've decided to go ahead. Right. Well, you know, uh, travel wherever you go, There's uh, the prices have gone up, uh, going to be some extras. Uh, plan ahead. Be patient. Yeah, that's that really is true. Um, this summer there are a lot of people on the road, although um, we are starting to see some numbers that show that the high gas prices are cutting into the length of where some people are deciding to go. A little over 20%, um, according to Travelers United, of people who have decided to do a, tri- a driving summer vacation have decided to go less distance than they had originally planned due to the high cost of gasoline. Also, I'm seeing a lot of things online that tell me that national parks this summer, that a lot of people are, are when they're deciding to make changes and the like um, because of restaurant and hotel prices and the, the like going up so much, that they're looking at, you know, camping or they're looking at national parks or campgrounds. So if that is one of your destinations for this summer and you haven't locked down your favorite place yet, particularly if you're going over a holiday weekend or at a peak time, I would strongly recommend that you take a look at that right away because uh, otherwise it's a real possibility that you may not get to go where you want to go because a lot of people are shifting kind of sort of back to the COVID-era stuff of trying to look for outdoor places. In this case, not so much to stay away from people, but because of the reduced cost 
of visiting uh, an outdoor destination. Okay, and finally, um, United Airlines says the FAA is causing huge delays in Newark by ignoring flight limits. Um, only 79 planes an hour are supposed to be taking off from Newark, but United says that the FAA is completely ignoring that rule and allowing other carriers, uh, United competition in most cases, um, to book flights that exceed that level, and it's starting to cause Newark, Tom, for many years, had a reputation for being an airport that was just had chronic delays, and most of it was because they had too many flights to get in and out of there. So they cut those back and have done a much better job in recent years, but now United is saying that the FAA is not honoring those limits on flights, and that's causing more delays in Newark. The reason this is important to people in Sacramento is because there is an overnight flight um, to Newark on United Airlines, and, of course, it comes out of Newark, turns around and goes back. Um, it's been pretty poorly delayed quite a few times lately, so especially if you're considering using that overnight United flight back to Newark, um, you may want to think twice, particularly if you're connecting when you get to Newark to somewhere else early in the morning, um, because, of course, if the flight doesn't get there, then it's going to be impossible for you to make that connection. And that, Thomas, is your travel news for today. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, man. Harry's crossed the desert in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome back, Mark. Welcome back, listeners. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Tom here in the studio. Mark, uh, as a traveler, would, would you would expect to be is on his on his phone. And uh, welcome back, Mark. Uh, we talked a lot about airlines over the last uh, uh, several minutes. Let's take a look and see what WalletHub has to say. Yeah, our friends over at WalletHub, do a, they, they send along a survey once a week, many of them related to travel. And in this case, they have decided uh, who 2022's best airlines are going to be based on a variety of criteria. And so um, it's not foolproof. There are lots of these different lists. But if you look at them over time, you know, over a six, eight-month period, you'll tend to find uh, certain names repeated. Um, and interestingly enough, um, one of the names that was repeated a lot at the top of the list is getting repeated a lot at the bottom of the list now. So we'll talk about that um, here in just a moment. But anyway, we have a number of categories. Um, the first one is safest airline. Uh, WalletHub decided that the safest airline, based uh, in part on a low number of safety incidents, accidents per 100,000 flight um, operations, fatalities, um, people that were injured on their airplanes, um, Alaska Airlines is uh, head and shoulders the best um, airline when it comes to the safest carrier, mm -hmm. according to Wallet Hub. And one of the other one of the things they noted that would certainly you know help with that is that Alaska Airlines has one of the newest fleets of any airline. So their their planes are newer. So hypothetically. Um, they would have fewer problems, and that would fall into kind of into the safety category. Least complained about airline. This one really surprised me because this uh, airline is a regional airline that flies for many of the major carriers, and the regional airlines tend to get more complaints per passengers uh, than, the, than the big boys. SkyWest Airlines is the least complained about airline. If you've never mm -hmm. heard of SkyWest, you get on a plane that's, 50, 70, 90 passengers, and it says United 
or Delta on the side, there's a pretty decent chance that you may be flying with SkyWest under a contract with one of those other airlines. Um, Best airline for pets. They don't tell us, Tom, how they decided on this. But Delta, SkyWest, and Envoy Air, which is another regional carrier, had zero complaints to the FAA regarding handling of pets last year. For Delta, that's yeah. quite an accomplishment. It's a lot of fun. Wow. You know, uh, uh, my pets have never complained about Southwest, and I don't understand why they didn't get some rankings. I'm Not not one bark uh, bad maybe, about uh, flying Maybe that's Southwest. the reason. Maybe that's the reason is there are no pet complaints is they were waiting for the pets to complain themselves. <laughs> um, most comfortable airline. This is kind of interesting because the, the winner here was JetBlue. And um, JetBlue has come on tough times in, uh, in, in, in other ratings with people. Um, this has the JetBlue, of, of course, um, has generally a little bit better luck with Wi-Fi. They have extra leg room in more seats. Um, they're, their complimentary snacks and beverages are a little bit wider than some of the airlines. That's the reason that they that they came out as the most comfortable. Um, we'll see in just a minute here that they're also at, that they're on the bottom of another list. Most reliable airline, Delta. This is based on the number of cancellations and delays and the number of people that they've had to bump off of flights that were oversold. So um, Delta has the best numbers there. Cheapest airline. This would have had to have been a battle. This is about ticket prices, not about overall cost of flying, just the ticket price. Um, Frontier nosed out Spirit Airline. Not surprising there. And our best overall airline, Wallet Hub says, to fly on this year. Um, and they base this on a variety of, of criteria, including some that we've already mentioned. But they've also, they also, based on the airports that the airline uses, um, the scores for delays at those airports for non, uh, for flights other than the airline that they've decided. And Delta Airlines has gotten the award at from the Wallet Hub as the best airline overall for to fly on in 2022. I'm a United guy. Can't say that I would argue with uh, Wallet Hub's determination here. I do believe that Delta Airlines at this point in time is probably doing the best job of any carrier in the sky. Any thoughts, Thomas? Uh, <laughs> really, my my number one thought is is that uh, Wallet Hub is their research in most cases I find to be pretty accurate. Uh, however, mm-hmm. I think people sometimes just have to make a decision based on their own experience as to what what works for them and what doesn't. Uh, I, agree. I have a. Fe- I have a feeling that, you know, you fly United mostly. Uh, you have other mm-hmm. airlines that you fly. And you tell me what you think. I feel that a large percentage of people uh, visit, in a lot of cases, some of the same places, and they fly the, fly the same airlines over and over, which makes it very yeah. difficult to, to really judge. I mean, I fly Southwest like 99% of the time. And in some cases, Tom, people fly an airline because it may be the only carrier that goes to the destination they're going to or the only carrier that reasonably serves the destination that they're going to with the times they need. I think also quickly what's important here is the airlines on the bottom. JetBlue, third from the bottom. They used to be first or second. American Airlines is second from the bottom. No surprise to me there. The airline that's on the bottom, though, that fell all the way from the top position in the last three years, Southwest Airlines. 
they are, I think, finding out that flying into all of these other airports that are really busy are is making it a little harder to be a great airline. It's very nice to go traveling to Paris, London. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. We are the travel and entertainment guys brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Links to our special guest that uh, is about to appear on the program can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. It's been a few years, Mark, since we've had a chance to uh, speak with our friends over in Napa, uh, of course, through the COVID and so forth and programs being closed and such. But we're back at it. Please introduce our guests for today. Well, Thomas, uh, the Transcendence Theater Company in Napa does outdoor performances every summer. And as you mentioned, they have been on the show with us before. It's a great setting. I'm going to let Amy Miller tell you about it. Hi, Amy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Amy is the artistic director for the theater company. And, Amy, if it looks like you have some exciting shows coming up this summer, how old is the theater company down there in Napa? How long has this been, the outdoor theater, been going on? Yes, the outdoor theater has been going on. It's our 11th season. Which is amazing. So we have been up here, uh, relocated here, and have been up here for over a decade, entertaining everyone, and we've been having a blast. Well, when you say relocated, that that tends to make me think that originally it was somewhere else. Oh, well, we were, my husband and I founded the company, and we are actors and have appeared on Broadway and national tours and have lived in New York and L.A., and then we actually did a research trip across uh, in our RVs and chose a Sonoma and wine country as our home. So it moved up here about 10 years ago. And, and so the shows have all kicked off here and they've been part of ha- actually helping to save Jack London State Park from closure. So $5 or so of every ticket goes to the park. So we've raised over half a million dollars to help keep Jack London State Park open. I don't think I knew that, that the, that the <laughs> park was a beneficiary of, so every time somebody buys a ticket to one of your shows, they're helping to keep Jack London State Park in order. That is exactly correct. I mean, it over a decade ago in 2011, they announced, I don't know if you remember, that 75 state parks were going to close. So they were looking for innovative ways to keep them open, and we had been looking for a place to do kind of a Hollywood Bowl, right? Like, we lived uh-huh. in L.A., and so we came up and came up here to wine country and we were appointed to Jack London and did a one-night benefit concert. No one said that. They said, oh, only a few people are going to come, and over 900 people showed up that night. (laughs) So it's pretty amazing because it's a whole wine country experience. The park is so beautiful. So there's a a two-and-a-half-hour pre-show picnic with food trucks and wine, and then the theater's completely open air outdoors. So you're seeing the vineyards. And we have performers from Broadway that are all here. And then the stars come out and the sun sets. And it's just a wonderful best night ever, we call it. That's what I was about to ask you about, Amy, was to tell people a little bit about the venue because it is so spectacular and it's unlike most venues that people would uh, would attend. Uh, it is all outdoors. Uh, it is under the stars. And, of course, it's just a beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, you have it at the time of the year where, where the weather is pretty... Uh, is pretty accommodating. You know, a light jacket would probably do it. We're known for doing these amazing original musical reviews. So they're an eclectic mix of music. The first one's kicking off in June, and it's called Let's Dance. So we're going to take 
all of Broadway's best showstoppers and reimagine them with especially choreography with the choreography um, and they're going to include a thrilling jolt of Latin and jazz and modern. So you might be watching Big 42nd Street number and tap dance number, but it's going to be done in a Peruvian style of tap dance. So it's really going to be re-envisioned classics, which is amazing. So that's in June. And then in July, 29th through August 14th, we're doing Hooray for Hollywood, which is really all about celebrating. It's going to be an incredible night of going to the movies. So your audiences are going to see everything from The Wizard of Oz to The Greatest Showman to the Time Warp from Rocky Horror Picture Show to Singing in the Rain and eating popcorn and watching all the music. And then the, the final show is our gala, and that's our big celebration at the end of the year, which is really focused on, you know, an evening of Broadway elegance. Like you're going to a symphony, and you're going to watch your favorite Broadway song. So those are our three shows that are going to be at Jack London State Park this summer. And you've got a holiday show. Now, is this something that you've done in, in the past? Yes, we have for, oh, I think it's been for seven years. We've had a holiday spectacular, and it's been in different locations throughout the years. Um, we love doing different plays on music. You know, everybody has seen so many uh, different holiday songs, but we did ones through the years that even one of them was called Glow, and it was about Rudolph, but it was to Vogue, right? We try to create these kind of extraordinary reviews for mm -hmm. everyone. So this year, it's going to be at the first two weeks of December, and it's going to be in the Sonoma area at Hannah Boy Center. We're going to transform the theater there into something really extraordinary for All people right. to attend. Outstanding, outstanding. So this is the Transcendence Theater Company. They are in Napa. Um, and we have a link at TravelGuysRadio.com. The summer shows are outside at Jack London State Park. So you can make it more than just a show. You can go and have dinner, maybe go a little early, do a little walk around the park. Jack London State Park is a, really an awesome place um, to go and let, your outdoor, the, let the outdoors in yourself uh, loose a little bit. And see, you can see a great show or go down and have dinner in one of the great restaurants in Napa or Sonoma. Amy, thank you for filling us in a little bit on the summer shows and what's coming up for the holidays. And uh, you might see some sports leisure travelers at your holiday show. That's just a guess that I have. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we can't wait to see everyone and come join us for the best night ever. It's a magical time. So thank you very much for having us on. Boy, I'll tell you, I can't think of a more beautiful part of the world to sit and be outdoors to watch a theater than uh, than right there where, where this uh, all goes on over in the Napa Valley. It just sounds spectacular, Mark. Well, Jack London State Park, I mean, you, you couldn't have too much better venue than that, although they do outdoor theater at South Tahoe. And lots of other places, too. Uh, but that just sounds like a pretty pretty neat place to do theater for me. Tom, while we're, we're talking about theater away from Sacramento, uh, perhaps we could talk for a minute about uh, if anybody is headed, who's listening to the program, is headed to New York City in the next month or two and is planning on seeing shows on Broadway. We have all of the latest mask, no mask, uh, all the COVID stuff here in terms of vaccination and stuff like that. In fact, there is a Sports Leisure Vacations group back enjoying Broadway shows. I think tomorrow night they're going to Carnegie Hall, which is not technically on Broadway, but still is a great experience in itself. So if you're headed to New York City, uh, the Broadway League 
has announced its COVID safety protocol update. Now, New York City lifted masks and vaccines, but this has nothing to do with Broadway shows. The theaters can set their own policies, and they are. If you're going to a Broadway theater, you're going to need a mask through May 31st. And individual theaters are making decisions on vaccine rules starting the middle of next week. So whether you will need to show proof of vaccination to get into the theater or not will depend on the theater that you're going. So if you're going to New York and you're going to enjoy Broadway theaters in the next couple months, take a mask. This also applies for off-Broadway theaters, places like Carnegie Hall and places like that, and even the, the Lincoln Center Theater. So make sure that you're prepared with proof of proof of vaccination and a mask. May not be what you want to do, but those are the rules, at least until the end of May. Like I said, many Broadway theaters, but including places like the Lincoln Center. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Links to our special guests and more, always at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, joining us today is uh, one of our, our favorite people to talk to a couple times a year because he's always got something to talk about. Richard Lewis from the Music Circus in Broadway, Sacramento. Welcome back to the Travel Guys. Well, thank you. Richard, You've you've your Broadway series, Indoors is rolling along. We'll talk about that a little bit in just a moment. Uh, Music Circus, of course, has been announced for the summer. It looks like a really strong schedule. Um, Let me ask you, has it been a challenge? It's been a couple of years now since you've been able to do Music Circus indoors and and have this summer program, which is something that is known all over the nation and one of the very few indoor summer theatrical things of its type still left. Um, so has it has it been challenged to get people back, or are folks streaming back through the doors to renew their tickets? Well, the advanced ticket sales are doing just fine, and uh, in fact, we're tracking right along where we want to be for our summer subscription uh, numbers. Uh, single tickets have been on sale, but we're not really pushing stuff right now because we we get a little closer to when the season begins, and then we'll see those sales increase. And uh, so it, the the audience, which we and we actually found this out when we brought Hamilton to the uh, Safe Credit Union Performing Arts Center last uh, last September, the audience is uh, wants to come back. They want to come back. Uh, if we've got a show that they want to see, they are coming back to see it. And so we're we're very blessed in that regard. Uh, also, a huge shout out to Mayor Steinberg uh, for all of his help in terms of coming up with financing so that we can actually reopen the doors and be the employer that we love being in the summertime. Uh, and, and if there's a challenge that's out there right now, frankly, it's filling uh, filling positions. Uh, not, not so much about the actors or directors and choreographers uh, or even the musicians. Uh, that's a, a union job, and they're, they're very excited to be coming back to work, as are the stagehands and the wardrobe attendants. Uh, but it's getting filling all production staff positions. It's uh, so many people have uh, have if they've decided to do something that isn't impacted by their ability to uh, to work at a, at a venue that requires you know a couple thousand people to be in it. Uh, so we we are definitely having some challenges in staffing, 
which I think you've heard that from all kinds of uh, businesses and, and, and yeah. industries actually across the United States. Staffing things aside, you have a really strong, I think, really strong schedule uh, for a music circus starting with Kinky Boots, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite shows, Kiss Me Kate, Something Rotten, which is about as funny as anything can be on the stage, Secret Garden, Color Purple. Um, these are all really strong shows, Richard. You know, they they, uh, they are, and uh, it was actually, it was it was part of the season that we had put together for 2020, uh, but then in in the interim, we lost the rights. Uh, we were going to do Annie, but we lost those rights. Uh, and so we, we substituted Secret Garden, which we haven't done in quite some time. It's a lovely show. And uh, so we're, we're, we're looking forward to this summer. See, I, what we're looking forward to the most, man, is just getting people back on that stage <laughs> and getting that audience back into that theater. And uh, it's it's really... You know when when you're when you've been dark for two years, whew, it's uh, it's painful. It's painful. It's a challenge. Yeah. Well, it's and not, speaking yeah. of challenges, it was a long battle. Um, I don't know. If battle is the right word, but it it took a long time to get uh, the convention center redone and get the theater redone. There, you've now been in it for a while. Um, Wicked is is currently playing. Thomas just saw it recently. How has the response been? Has is the theater what you had hoped it would be? You know, the, the, for me, the, the real priorities, there are two of them, real important priorities was acoustics and uh, lobby space, which allows for circulation and, most importantly, ladies' facilities. <laughs> so the, the, the theater went from 24 facilities for the ladies, and it's now 60. So uh, the days of sending the audience across the street to the convention center or over to the Hyatt, uh, I, I think, are pretty much done. The, uh, the, yeah. the it, it's really become very, very spacious inside that lobby space. Uh, there's room for circulation and and the acoustics. That's where there was a tremendous focus on the acoustics. Uh, so when you go away from basically a concrete shell. And, and make use of the science and technology of, of acoustics as it happens to be in, you know, 2020 or 22, uh, it's a big difference from what was going on back in the early 70s. And so we've, we've found that it's, uh, it's, it's really made a significant difference. And, and the, the enti- all the upgrades to the backstage areas uh, were, again, with the, the whole building is now fully ADA compliant, uh, and, and that's and that's throughout the building, backstage, everywhere. Uh, and uh, so, in the course of that, I mean, terrific additions. You know, for me, and, and what I have to do for a living when it comes to touring Broadway, I mean, you've got a show like Wicked, which is thirteen semi trucks. Uh, I now have the city now has. Excuse me, it's not my theater, but there is now a three truck loading dock, which is. You know, you, you want to talk about a dream come true. Uh, this is just terrific. We've been very proud to be part of the, the shakedown crews for the building. Uh, Hamilton, and you, again, Hamilton, another 13-truck monster. Uh, and, so, and that's what opened the building. And meanwhile, everybody pulled together. There were challenges. Challenges were met. Uh, and after that, things got a lot simpler. So we're we're actually... 
we're actually really, really pleased with uh, the way the building came out, and, and, and so was the audience. Well, Richard, I'd like to like to give my uh, my personal endorsement. Uh, saw Wicked there a couple of weeks ago, and and in the, in the theater is spectacular. And and you're right, the acoustics are are uh, up to snuff there. I am a acoustic freak, being in broadcasting and studios and recording studios over the years. It is a spectacular job. The ability to control the the orchestra levels up against the the vocals. The ladies that were with me were very pleased with uh, with the extra number of restrooms. Richard, before we let you go here, um, we'll put a link at TravelGuysRadio.com for folks who are interested in tickets to Music Circus. I suspect a reasonable number of the folks who are listening to this program are already subscribers. Is there anything that you would like to share with your audience before you go? just want to say welcome back to the theater. Indeed, Richard, that is what theatrical folks like yourself are saying all over the country. And as someone who has really come to enjoy the theater myself, I am really happy because some of the some of the coolest nights in all the years that I've been a tour operator and been taking people places have been when I have taken people to the theater. And if you'd asked me that when I started in this business a long time ago, I would have thought you were nuts. But I've had the privilege of see, taking a lot of folks to Broadway and seeing a lot of shows on Broadway. And, you know, the, the performances here in town just gotten better and better and better. The quality of the shows, um, especially the music circus, you know, years ago they had the, the celebrity people that they would bring in to be part of the cast, but now they've kind of dropped that and mostly gone with just solid actors and solid talent and boy it just it, it it really makes for something i think that sacramento can be proud of from an art standpoint i was reminiscing with uh, some friends the other day about uh, music circus and back in the old days in the tent and uh, in the round and no air conditioning or swamp coolers at best and you know there are some folks who went back in those days that say you know i, I really liked it better than when it really was outdoors in the round and uh, sure I know they were like folding chairs and such but uh, but people it was uh, it was an experience and they, people would dress up and wear their finest out in, in the in the heat and and really really enjoy it I had the opportunity to interview some of those celebrities that you were talking about uh, back in the early 70s uh, when I first started working in radio here in Sacramento uh, all of the people that played the circus were would, would stay at the infamous Mansion Inn right across the street from the Governor's Mansion. And uh, working for KCRA Radio at the time, we would hook up with them and uh, get opportunities to, to have them on the air. It was, uh, it was a special time. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. You will find people uh, today who, who went to some of those early shows at the old theater that are season ticket holders and still go now. Wow. You're probably hearing a little bit in the background the uh, remnants of the Thunder Over Louisville Festival, which we were talking about at the beginning of the program and still kind of continues in town here with the music and, and the like today. I think, Tom, that our, our music circus really is, and I have to confess to you, that for many years I lived in this city and never went to this thing called music circus. And the first time I got to go, kind of like, you know, going to shows in New York City is the first time I got to go. Was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And there have been some some great 
great things in that music circus tent the last three years. And he probably has, he was being kind of modest, but the schedule this year, um, starting with Kinky Boots, I know Richard said, well, you know, the ticket sales for the individual shows haven't really started yet. Guess what? The reason we asked him to come on the program and talk about this is so we could kind of push you all a little bit and say, you know, the time to buy your individual tickets if you haven't bought them yet to individual shows at Music Circus is before everybody else starts buying them. So go now. Go to TravelGuysRadio.com. There is a link there to Music Circus and also to Broadway Sacramento and all the things that they do. There's even something, Tom, that's kind of cool. They have a camp music circus for kids during the summer. Uh, it's not free. There's a charge for it. But you can find out more information if you have a child who is theatrically inclined. Uh, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. There's a link there to the Music Circus stuff. And then you can, on the Music Circus site, besides having access to tickets before everyone else wakes up and buys theirs, you can also check out Camp Music Circus. That's about it for this week's Travel Guys. Remember, TravelGuysRadio.com. Final words, Mark. Remember, dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. We'll see you next week right here on the Travel Guys.